Listening Dog Media. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The Offside Rule. We get it. With Lindsay Hooper, Hayley McQueen, and Kate Borsay. Hello and welcome to the Offside Rule podcast. This is podcast number two, but officially I guess it's podcast number one for the Premier League season. Um, welcome along. Um, I'm Lindsay Hooper, joined once more by... Kate Borsay, hello. <laughs> Did you know your name then? <laughs> I almost forgot it. Also... Hayley McQueen. Fantastic. Um, Good to have you both back. Uh, We've got great topics to discuss, but first of all, obviously, we had the opening weekend of the Premier League. Just wanted to get your take on all things top flight football. It's back. Well, it's shaping up to be a very exciting season. And for me, a three-dash-four-stroke race. Manchester City, Chelsea, Manchester United all look great. Jose Mourinho's team against Hull on Sunday looked fantastic. Their first half of football, if you've not seen it, sensational stuff. Hungry, dynamic, exciting. Just the stuff that you expect from Mourinho. Manchester City as well look Full of flair, full of excitement again, and Manchester United again doing it. And I'm sure Hayley will fill you in this one, but Manchester United never fail to disappoint, do they? So for me, yeah, a three-stroke, four-horse race, possibly Tottenham coming into the fold as well with the amount that they're spending. I don't need to ask Hayley McQueen whether you were watching. Of course you were. What did you think? I wasn't actually. I was at V Festival all weekend. <laughs> I make the presumption. Ever the professional. It just happened to fall on the opening weekend of the Premier League, but I sky plus the whole of Sky Sports Saturday Night Football and Monday Night Football as well, which is very exciting with the new double act of uh, Carragher and Neville. But so surprised about Manchester United's 4-1 win. Didn't expect it to be of that margin. If I'm honest, I was actually thinking that Manchester United were come away maybe even with a draw away from home. David Moyes complained about the opening fixtures for them being the hardest ever for years and that going away to Swansea is a, a really tough fixture. But a brace from Welbeck and a brace from Robin Van Persie was just mm. a Manchester United's dream. As well, when you look at the top of the table, it is actually quite funny to see where the teams stand because in the top four, you've got Manchester City, Manchester United and Chelsea. Aston Villa are sandwiched in there, but they're the, the kind of side that, uh, you know, they just sneak in every now and again, but then plummet down towards the end of the season but the actual table at the moment is looking like how the table might actually end 
towards the end of the season, but with maybe Chelsea right up there at the top. Again, with you two saying uh, last week on the podcast that you have Chelsea down as potentially winning the Premier League after seeing what I saw, mm-hmm. as we all saw over the weekend, and they were just brilliant. And, and Jose Mourinho played it absolutely perfectly. I did want to sort of reaffirm whether I'd made the right vocal move there by interacting with you last week, Kate, and basically trying to steal your thunder by going, (laughs) yes, me too, Chelsea. Um, So my eyes were firmly fixed on the benches and I was looking for depth in squad, all those sorts of things that I think you get Premier League titles from. And Manchester City superb you look to their bench and you think wow don't want those coming on against you do you but Chelsea equally I mean Mata didn't even play in the opening game and I just thought yes I think we probably have got it right but I think it's going to be tight and I think it's going to be tight between those three Uh, for me I think it's going to come down to defensive abilities because there are lots of creative players within the United City and Chelsea folds but who is going to not ship as many goals and I think that probably under Mourinho will be Chelsea but we'll wait and see Uh, so this is what's coming up on the Offside Rule podcast by the way we are now on Audio Boo thank you if you downloaded or listened to the first podcast we had some great figures so thank you for that Um, iTunes as well we're now on there you can subscribe and download we're also on Twitter at Offside Rule Pod is our handle and we're out every single Thursday but we won't rattle on too much longer we'll get straight into topics for this week Uh, this is what's coming up Um, second up will be Trolley Dashing Kate's going to do her impression of Dale Winton. Do, 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 do. Check it out. Check <laughs> it out. That's just the jingle. That's not the impression of Dale, by the way. You should check Kate out in her nice fake tan, actually, as Dale Winton. <laughs> I'm only kidding. If you could see her, she's an English rose. <laughs> she is. Uh, we've got trolley dashing because Arsene Wenger, of course, that was the shock result, really, of the opening Premier League. Mm. Arsenal losing 3-1 to Aston Villa. And in the press conference afterwards, he addressed the media and he said, you know what? You spend the 70 million. We took that address on board and we've taken it ourselves. Yeah. We've ran with it. We're going to spend his cash. We won't have any trouble doing that, will we? Absolutely not. I'm straight down Bond Street. <laughs> Great. Action <laughs> footballers. You said it's cash. <laughs> um, second up, uh, a final topic will be one that Hayley McQueen picked. It's pedigree chum. Explain. Well, it's a dog's life as a footballer, isn't it? You know how it goes. Actually, no. If you're up there at the top of your game and you've come from a sporting great family, big things are expected of you. So we're going to have a little delve because we saw Phil Neville in the dugout alongside David Moyes at Manchester United at the weekend. We saw Gary Neville on the Monday Night Football. Tracy Neville was probably watching from the stands, of course. Um, She's a massively famous netballer. So uh, that is just one sporting family. So we're going to have a look in to see about footballers across the leagues, Europe worldwide in actual fact, and see if they come from sort of sporting stock and have a bit of a laugh and, uh, and see maybe why they are where they are because of their parents. It's sort of a mini who do you think you are sort of show, but very tiny element with us. Um, Faker Others is also our editor-in-chief, but she's going to read out all of our Twitter topic of the week, best suggestions. We decided to take on from last week, adopt a club. She'll reveal hers as well. And we have a brand new addition to the Offside Rule podcast family, uh, the Foreign Roundup's return. And we decided that French League needed to be covered because PSG money bags and Monaco money bags have been snapping up players all summer. So we decided to put someone on that duty and that person in question is Lord James. So we welcome her and she's coming up later. I'm Gary Neville and you're listening to the Offside Rule. 
But we'll start with topic number one, and this is, of course, off the back of the Premier League. We couldn't start anywhere else. Uh, Dream debuts. Um, We saw it return with a bang at the weekend. Some new faces on show, a few players switching from team to team. So we wanted to know, in your opinion, girls, whether it be strikers or defensive players, I want you to choose one of each because sometimes we get to ignore the defensive players. The best debuts, starting defensively, Kate Borsay. Okay, well, my defensive pick is the man who has become known in certain parts of Birmingham as Tony Moon. It's Antonio Luna. And I think Hayley's got this one as well. So we'll have to share the plaudits together, right, Hayley? Uh, So uh, this chap, 22 years old, and I think will become a firm favourite in Birmingham and at the Villa as well, uh, of course. Played in that 3-1 victory over Arsenal. Bit haphazard at times, but I think he's, he's got the markings of a very good defender. Found a bit of time to attack and where he's exciting is he did push forward as well, which is good. Um, and um, came out of nowhere to slot home Villa's third. Um, really promising debut from him. He's my bargain pick as well. One and a half million there or thereabouts from Seville. Um, he was loaned out to Real Mallorca last season. They got relegated and uh, Aston Villa were able to swoop in and grab him. So my defender debut pick, Antonio Luna, Tony Moon, or should I say Tony Moon? (laughs) We'll come back to you for your attacking one. I'm going to hand this straight over to Hayley uh, for your defensive pick. I had Tony Moon down just because of his name, Antonio Luna. It sounds so beautiful, but no, Tony Moon is his name. Um, another defensive player, I'm actually going to go for a goalkeeper. And no, it is not the obvious today. Stecklenburg made his Premier League debut. I've been really looking forward to see this guy in action. Chatted to quite a few ex-pros who told me to make sure I had him in my fantasy football team. I haven't put him in, but I have another fantasy football team. I've got two at the moment, oh, okay? Really? And my second one is called New Boys FC. So I have got a starting eleven made up of debutantes, but debutantes in the Premier League. So those that have never played football in England before, and he is in goal. And actually, it's done very well in fantasy football. I'm quite proud of that one. He denied Giocherini and Salutska before a shoulder injury, unfortunately, forced him off the pitch after 76 minutes. And David Stockdale came on, but it just shows you how they need him. Because yes, David Stockdale came on and he carried on making sure that they kept that clean sheet. But Stecklenburg just showed real glimmers of what he is going to offer there. So I think he's a very, very exciting player. How many chances did Sunderland have against Fulham? 20 shots. Did he let any in? No. Okay, three of them were on target. He saved an absolute corker there. But he looks like he is going to be in that top five, I predict, of uh, goalkeepers for um, clean sheets, goal saved. He doesn't have the best defence behind him, but I think he is the man to make sure that Fulham do uh, amazing things this season. He was in goal. There was a back four of Amabrieta, Rat, Peters and Lugano, uh, Fernandinho, Paulinho, Van Hinkle, Van Wolfswinkel, Aspas and Soldado. So that is actually not a bad starting eleven as far as debuts go. I'm going to be following this uh, throughout the season. I'm not going to change my team unless there's an injury. So I'm not going to make tactical changes. I'm just going to make changes forced through injury. 
so I'll keep you on top of that. But you'd have got 45 points, which wasn't too bad. And Soldado actually uh, got 14 points. I had him down as my captain. So if you did as well, I'm sure you'd have been happy about what Soldado brought and uh, is adding to the Premier League party, which I think, again, is a very exciting signing. Well, I underestimated you, Hayley McQueen, because I just thought both of you would go for a defensive player and avoid the goalkeepers. But you've obviously gone for a goalkeeper. I have too. And I've gone for Kate Borsay's side, Liverpool. Um, I thought Simon Mignolet had an amazing debut. Now, the Belgium goalkeeper, let's not say that it was a complete dream start because at the beginning there was a little fluff at the start. A, a bit of an iffy moment, if you like, in the first half. He flapped at Glenn Whelan's cross and that ended in Robert Hooth thrashing the volley onto the crossbar. But he went on afterwards to produce some fine stops indeed and cement his intent to go there and win some medals. I mean, he became the first Liverpool goalkeeper ever to save a penalty on his debut. Yeah, but you know who was taking the penalty? Poor old Jonathan Walters. (laughs) (laughs) We gave him stick last season, girls. Poor Jonathan. He had an absolute mare, didn't he, last season? And he started where he left off. But not only did he save Jonathan Walters' penalty, he also blocked the follow-up from Kenwyn Jones, which I thought was really impressive. He denied another Walters' effort, which was a supreme effort as well. And then he backpedaled, didn't he, when um, I think it was Charlie Adam hit one from the halfway line and he backpedaled and tipped that over the crossbar too. So I I really like the fact that he got off to a great start. And also because it's Liverpool and because they they actually let go one of my favourite goalkeepers, Mm -hmm. Pepe Reina, I was so chuffed to see a really good replacement. So I'm going with Simon Mignolet. Attacking-wise, Kate. Well, I'm going to go biblical here with Hazel Navas. £23 million from Sevilla, Seville. Um, um, I could wax lyrical about Manchester City's performance against Newcastle forever, but let's just say that Hazel Navas looks a very impressive addition to Pellegrini's squad. Do you know he's been blighted in the past because he's suffered from homesickness, but he, it certainly looks like he's conquered that now. Um, his pace is what sets him apart, normally on the right wing, but he can pretty much pay, play anywhere, to be honest, um, any of those um, uh, attacking three. Um, had a bit of competition from the other debutantes within the City team, but for me, he just about won it for them. Um, do you know, he's so speedy. He clocks an average of 20.72 miles per hour as he runs wow. down the wing, an average of just over 20 miles an hour. That was faster than my last car. That is faster than me down the M4, I tell you. <laughs> Uh, But as long as that homesickness is kept at bay, to me, he looks very, very impressive, very, very fluent. Um, And Manchester City look like a team full of verve. You know, Mancini was was quite cautious and quite defensive. And where I like Pellegrini is he's he's giving it out there, you know, and all the troublemakers have gone. Balotelli is gone. Tevez is gone. We know that relationships in the dressing room between the manager and the players last season weren't that great. Pellegrini brings with him style, panache, class. And I just think that Jesus Navas, along with his teammates, will ensure for a very exciting season ahead. But yeah, he's my pick. He's my attacking pick. An attacking debut pick from you, Hayley. What have you got? Well, his as Navas would have been top of my list, but as uh, Kate has stolen that from me, oh. I am going. I'm going to go with another of my fantasy football starting eleven, Paulinho. Oh, there we yeah. go. Yep, like the name Paul and Janino mixed together, Paulinho. <laughs> um, yeah, very very efficient when he had the ball. Showed that he can offer a great deal defensively as well. He did very very good things. 
both ends of the pitch when he was kind of defending and back. You thought, yes, this is solid. This is great. I can see why they signed this guy. And when he was going forward as well and passing, he just, I'm not going to say he was as good as Paul Scholes. He might be Paulinho, but he's no Paul Scholes. <laughs> but I was just quite excited by him. I think he was very exciting. When I looked at the stats afterwards, I noticed he completed 90% of his passes. So, yeah, he, I think he's going to be really key to Spurs this season. I think Spurs are looking very exciting. Maybe another addition to head into the club, yeah. but with, you know, Gareth Bale looking like he's on his way out of the side. I think they're going to need players uh, like Polina and others as well added to it. But I think things are looking very nice there. I think under Andre Villas-Boas, players like Polina really act very well um, to a manager like him. So I think, yeah, it was a very, very exciting debut by him. And uh, I just I just, I just, just love his name. Uh, well, mine is just a 19-year-old wee chip of a lad. <laughs> um, and he's from Everton. But I'm stretching this slightly because it's not per se a debut. We have seen him before. Yeah, Lindsay Hooper. Can I just say that you gave Hayley McQueen's stick last week for extending the, the topic from a player to the whole of Hull City, <laughs> which, which, which you did in all fairness. Yeah. It's taken you two weeks and you've already broken. There's a saying, Kate, if you can't beat them, join them. <laughs> and that is what I'm doing. Um, although I do think it's a debut of sorts because I think it's a debut of this player in particular on the Premier League scene for us to see him for a whole season yeah. getting consistent um, yeah. mileage under his belt. And I think he will. Uh, that player in question, of course, is Ross Barkley. Uh, he struck that wonder goal with his left foot at Carrow Road. It was absolutely exquisite. Um, he had more shots on target and on goal than any other player. And his pass completion rate was awesome, 96%. About 53 passes, I think it was in the end. And better than any other player on the pitch. Uh, Roberto Martinez said that he's an incredible football diamond. We all like diamonds. We're, we're three ladies who like diamonds. I know you do, Hayley. <laughs> They're my favourite thing in the world after Kate and Lindsay and chocolate. <laughs> I'm glad we were up there. Um, there is another player, because just to remind us that I have extended this and it wasn't just a debut, there is another player that who mentioned that Ross Barkley a long time ago before you get on your pipe, um, on your soapbox, Kate. Um, this was back in June 2011, where he actually said that he was the best, most talented footballer he'd ever worked with, coming from Tim Cahill. So the, the verdict's been out there already, yeah. but I'm just very excited. And I will end by saying that I'm particularly keen to mention him as my pick in an, attack of, in, in an attacking force because of his England connection. I'm so hopeful that we've got a new England player there. And for the under-21s against Scotland, he was dictating the play. He was effortlessly going forward. And then a couple of loan spells at clubs in the Championship, like Leeds United and Sheffield um, Wednesday, have obviously really brought him on as a player. And I'm just really excited. <laughs> Breaking news, everyone. Stand by your beds. This is Jim White. You can download the Offside Rule podcast this very day. Um, anyway, we will move on to topic two, which we're all really hopeful um, that this is going to be a great impression here in the room. Hayley, how do you think Kate Stale Winton's going to go down? Slightly worried about this, but her impressions are... Impressive, most weeks. <laughs> so we're spending Arsene Wenger's £70 million pounds mm. war chest because he issued to press, you know what, you go where you spend it if you like. We're going to do that here. And Kate is going to set us on her on our way in a Dale Winton style Supermarket Sweep. As soon as you hear the beep beep, think of all the fun you could be having on Supermarket Sweep. <laughs> 
Sorry, that was really awful. I do, I do apologise for that, Dale and all the Dale Winton fans out there. <laughs> so who are you going to pass to first? Check it out. It's Hayley McQueen. <laughs> oh, so here we go. Right, Arsene Wenger, give us your money. I would like to see Iker Casillas coming to the Premier League. I think he's a wonderful talent and a French midfielder as well. Johan Gourcuff, both absolutely gorgeous. And they would make sure that Arsenal have the best looking side in the whole of the Premier League. I was mentioning Stecklenburg before. It was a bit of a running theme with goalkeepers this week. But you remember Edwin van der Sar actually was 30 years old when he moved to Fulham from Juventus in 2001. Uh, Iker Casillas has just turned 32. Stecklenburg is 30. These guys are coming into their prime. You might remember Van der Sar came to the league, revived his career, then went on to win four Premier League titles and the Champions League following a 2005 transfer to Manchester United and could have probably played on right through his 40s but decided at the ripe old age of 40 he was going to give up. Iker Casillas, however, is not going to give up but his managers are giving up on him. Jose Mourinho, we thought, may have had a bit of a backroom bust up with him so therefore chose not to play him. You've got the Portuguese manager against the Spanish captain there and you kind of thought there was a clash of personalities and goodness knows what else. But Ancelotti isn't playing him either. Goodness knows why. He started the season on the bench, wasn't a favourite of Mourinho. Same goes for his new boss. So I think he'll be looking for an out. He's already been linked with Arsenal. He's been linked with plenty of other clubs throughout his career. But as a 32-year-old keeper, I think this could be the big move for him. He doesn't speak English. That could be a big, big problem. I think his partner is uh, expecting a baby, so maybe he wants to stay in Spain. He's never lived anywhere other than Madrid. But suffered a bone fracture in his hand last season, missed a few games, um, and then he didn't get back into the team. He continued to play Lopez, did Mourinho, so he got his first choice there. Um, But I think he would be amazing in the Premier League. He's a really exciting talent. He's won everything he could possibly win, and particularly with the Champions League football that he's played for Real Madrid, that could be something that Arsenal could be after and need a steady keeper because that has been their problem. Um, Johan Gourcuff emerged as a a leading candidate to make his switch to the Premier League. Massive talent. Lyon president um, revealed to actually a French newspaper that they were willing... And he was willing to take a pay cut to join Arsenal. So this was the news in the last week. So hasn't quite lived up to the expectations since joining Lyon from Ligue 1 rivals Bordeaux. Has been plagued with injury in recent years, so he has had a bit of a, an injury trouble pass. But 27 years old with two years left in his contract of a five-year deal. I think he'll be able to get out of that and I think he'll get to Arsenal. I think that would be a really exciting signing for them. Maybe Wayne Rooney could go and join them as well, but I don't think that's going to happen. If they need him, they're going to have to pay the big bucks and take him off Chelsea. But I think Arsenal would become a major, major threat and not just be threatening for a top four place. They haven't been mentioned as a top four side, I don't think, at the start of this Premier League. But if they get a player like Wayne Rooney in there, I think they could be. That isn't the full £70 million, but these are two players I would like to see come to the Premier League. You haven't even spent the 70. Neither have I, actually. I'm going to go through. I've also gone for a goalkeeper. Um, I've gone for Victor Valdez um, because the Spaniard's actually out of contract at the new camp in 2014 and apparently has refused to sign a contract extension. So he's there for the taking, I think. £8.5 million is roughly the price tag on Victor Valdez. Um, So I'm, I'm going for him. Now, my big book signing for Arsene Wenger is Robert Lewandowski. 18 million. If you could get a player like him in your squad, uh, he could be the replacement to Robin Van Persie. Um, I think he could do a really good job at the Emirates. 30 goals a season, that sort of figure. 
Those players are very, very rare. So I think he's worth the 18 million. Although I predict if he came to the Premier League, he'd probably get more towards the 20 era. Um, and as a backup striker, I'm going Samuel Eto'o. Anzi have lost all their money. They need to ship him off. And for a bargain price of 5 mil, you can get Samuel Eto'o for a backup. In terms of defence, I think Mika Richards from Manchester City, an actual Arsenal fan. You're saying injury prone. Mm, injury, and, and we should clarify that Angie haven't lost all the money. They are just trying a different financial approach. Yes, it? actually, that is what we should say. They haven't lost all their money. I didn't mean that. Uh, if any Russians are listening, like Kate Partridge, um, I didn't mean that at all. Um, but uh, Mika Richards, uh, 15 million round about the price tag. I think he'd be very sturdy at the back. If Mika Richards is 15 million, you can get David Villa from Barcelona for about 14 million. Not even kidding. <laughs> I love this. And and, and um, Ashley Williams, yeah. um, £7 million, pounds, oh. already been linked uh, with with a Swansea player. I think I could see him playing at Arsenal. You're, oh, you're, oh, you're both shaking your heads. I just can't see it. I think he fits very nicely at Swansea. And I think he's too important for Swansea to let him go. I really do. I, I just don't think he'd cut it for the big boys at Arsenal. Sorry. Harsh. But actually, when we asked Paul Ince about it yesterday, Lindsay... And the full interview will be up very, very shortly. But he kind of agreed, didn't he? Well, yeah, but I'm sticking with my guns and saying Ashley Williams and we'll have to wait and see. Anyway, I've spent £54 million and I'm handing over to Kate. In typical Kate Borsay fashion, I've got a purse full of £70 million and I'll spend all of it down to the last penny. Is it burning a hole? It's burning a hole and it's got to be spent. So my first acquisition will be Adrian Lopez from Atletico Madrid, 25 years old, £14 million. Uh, That's the release clause in his contract. Um, He looked really interesting, actually, with Falcao um, and the um, really good attacking options at Madrid, but um, he never got an opportunity enough. Now, Diego Costa confirmed that he's going to stay with the club so he'll stay there Falcao's gone obviously but I think that Adrian Lopez may have got fed up and he may want to move he's a really exciting prospect fiery up front smashed 19 goals in his first season uh, with Atletico Madrid I like his style I think he could add creativity and goals and be exciting so he's 14 million for me I'm going to put Fellaini in there, actually, because Arsenal need height and I'm going to put the man who likes to put his head on the ball more than any other, more than most others, uh, Marouane Fellaini, in at £25 million. My goalkeeper, now we all recognise that Arsenal need a goalkeeper, Samir Handanovic is my pick. Bless you, my child. (laughs) Samir Handanovic, um, listen to this, because I've been researching this dude and I think he's brilliant. £20 million, currently with Inter Milan. Um, has apparently attracted uh, attention from Arsenal before so he has been linked with them before which is kind of what sort of uh, attracted my nose towards him very very reliable Um, played for Udinese back in the day 30 years old I think he could be a really good replacement or a really good person to work alongside Szczesny um, in the Arsenal goal they definitely need backup there and he would be my pick this is quite a spot, and I have limited knowledge of him. But do we need to get Kate Haley a cap and some sunglasses? Is she going to be a new scout for a team? <laughs> I've got £11 million spare, so I'm going to choose a defender. Juan Fran from Atletico Madrid is my pick. His full name, Juan Francisco Torres, uh, 28. Can also play in midfield as well as in defence. Um, very experienced. Another Torres. This is really a good idea, Kate. You know what happened to that last Torres. 
Well, if one Tarez doesn't do it, another's got to. Uh, he won the Europa League with Atletico Madrid uh, a couple of years ago, won the Copa del Rey with them last year as well. Again, you know, the thing is, Arsenal are not and are not going to attract big names. There's a very small pool of people left now. They've got two weeks. And by the time that this podcast comes out, <laughs> you'll have very limited time in... Indeed. So I'm raiding Atletico Madrid for two of their players. Apologies to them. Uh, Everton, I'm going to have Fellaini. And uh, uh, Inter Milan, I'm going to have Handanovic, your goalkeeper. I hope that's OK. That's £70 million. Check it out. Hello, everyone. This is Tony Cotty from Sky Sports Soccer Saturday. And when I'm not working with Jeff Stelling and the boys, I'm listening to the Offside Rule podcast. Wouldn't we not know anything about football? You're having a laugh, aren't you? We have got a special this week. So as well as this podcast, you can also download an interview because myself and Kate hot-trotted it to Wembley. Hayley McQueen was at V Festival. (laughs) But you'd also already interviewed these pair anyway. I had. I'd already had the pleasure of meeting the father and son. Both lovely, lovely boys as well. Mm. Well, I thought we'd mention this just before we get into your topic of pedigree, Chum, because Mm. they're a father-son combo, Paul Ince, Tom Ince, and we got to meet them and we got them integrated into this week's Offside Rule podcast. So for an added extra this week, you can download that interview via Audioboo and iTunes and it is a topic theme. So they actually take part in all of these topics. This is a little taster of what they said about what's coming up, good sport breeding, pedigree Chum. Yeah, Ryan Giggs, yeah, his dad played play, play for um, rugby for Salford. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's one, Giggs, yeah, his dad played yeah, that's my one, not yours. Unfortunately, you passed yours over to your dad, <laughs> and now you've got to think of another one. Lindsay, he looks really yeah. concerned. Justin Hoyt, his <laughs> mum was a runner, wasn't she? Yeah, she was Justin Hoyt, his mum was Yeah, mum was an athletics runner, yeah. And I think his mum ran in the, um, in the Olympics or something yeah, like that. Yeah. And that nicely links us in to topic number three. Um, I've asked you both to come up with two players from anywhere in the world of football, anywhere up and down the football league. It isn't, it's quite difficult, as you heard there with Paul and Tom um, arguing over. It, it was funny, actually, because Tom picked Paul's, Paul's picked Tom's. Really, that was the way that it worked out. Uh, they kind of came up with each other's suggestions. But we want family members, siblings, anyone related to a footballer that's got good sporting stock. And as it was your topic suggestion, Haley, yes, I'm looking at you. I'm going to start with my hometown team mm-hmm. and tell you about players who are linked to my hometown team who have great sporting parents. Bolo Zenden, formerly of Middlesbrough, of course, more famously formerly of Barcelona, Chelsea and Liverpool, of course, amongst many others as well. But his dad, Pierre Zenden, was a former judoka and a massive, massive name in sports broadcasting. Bolo Zenden himself, or Budwin Zenden, as he's known, he's currently at Chelsea at the moment amongst the backroom staff, a competitive judo player in his youth as well. He has a black belt. He had a black belt by the time of 14 years old. Not only could this boy do keepy-uppies, had that gorgeous, long, lovely blonde locks. Keepy-uppies He could do keepy-uppies and high karates. So he would just be like the the dream boy at school, wouldn't he? He was actually three-time judo champion of his home province in Limburg. So there you have it. He could have gone on to be a judo hero like his father and enter the world of sports broadcasting. And his dad broadcasts on many, many massive, big kind of... um, judo competitions I think they would be called as a sports broadcaster Hayley McQueen I don't know what they're called uh, around the world not just in in his home country the other was born in Middlesbrough but he's never actually played for Middlesbrough Matt Jarvis what were you thinking your hometown team and you haven't even Matty Jarvis is a king well he's not there anymore he left Wolves and he went to West Ham because they were a better team Lindsay Hooper so (laughs) 
Hey, hey, yeah. McQueen, that was like a dagger through the heart. Yeah. Anyway, both of his parents were international table tennis stars. Mm. Both of them, back in the 1970s, they were both ranked number one in England. So he's got to live up to this. He has had his England call up. A very, very funny story that I read when trying to research this. Love over ping pong. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Whiff waff. Yeah. Woff whiff. <laughs> when he got the England call up, Fabio Capello had given him that call up. Euro 2012 qualifier against Wales in Cardiff, friendly with Ghana at Wembley. In March, he was absolutely desperate to get up there and get his first cap. Couldn't get in touch with his parents. So he rang a local restaurant because he knew that if his parents weren't in, they'd probably be in this restaurant. Lo and behold, he managed to convince the waiter <laughs> to go over and announce the news to his parents that he'd actually got an England call-up. So there you go. And another Middlesbrough-related fact about this, Middlesbrough's actually really famous. For ping pong, Paul Drinkhall at the moment is from Middlesbrough. He's actually the British table tennis champion, reigning national champion. So there you go. They breed better ping pong players than they do football players these year, these days. There you have it. I'm going to whistle through mine. Um, I have a very themed one. So in the week that Hope Powell was sacked as England manager, I've gone for a female connection. Enia Luco, who's mm. been a friend of the Offside Rule podcast for the last season and was actually part of one of our broadcasts. She's actually related, of course, to Shawnee Aluko, mm. who plays for Hull. Mm. Very excited about him being in the top flight. And um, that's a really good sporting connection. So within the footballing family. And my other one is more historic. We're going back to the 60s for this, but I think it's a brilliant find. Manchester City fans will know and remember Ian Brightwell. His mother was none other than Olympic gold medalist and packer. I think no. I've got that one in the bag. Well, yours are much better than mine. When I was uh, 16, so this is 19 years ago now. <laughs> How many years ago? <laughs> I worked in a shoe shop in Victoria with a girl called Alison, who was a few years older than me. And as I found out over the forthcoming weeks, very excited, was that her cousin was Les Ferdinand. I thought that was very impressive because it was at the time when Les was hot property. Anyway, she said, as we were talking about Les, uh, she said, well, if you think Les is good... I've got another cousin called Rio who's even better, Rio Ferdinand. We forget that Les Ferdinand and Rio Ferdinand and, of course, Anton Ferdinand are all related. And she said, yeah, she basically tipped me off. If only I'd put some sort of bet on him playing for England one day, I could have been quids in by now. But, yes, I got some information 19 years ago in a shoe shop in Victoria, London, that Rio Ferdinand was going to be a future star. What about that? Wow. Uh, the other sporting actor, of course, you've got Alex Bruce and father Steve her at Hull and I've mentioned this before but I, I just love it because it's such a huge sporting family Martin Allen who's at Gillingham his son Charlie Allen who's at Gillingham they've now been joined by Harry Grant who is Charlie's cousin so Martin's nephew is now at Gillingham as well he's got three members of the same family at Gillingham and uh, Charlie's the grandson of ex-Reading player Dennis Allen and don't forget to add to the Allen dynasty Bradley and Clive Allen too. One of my famous ever quotes and I don't know who it came from so I urge you out there, podcast listeners, you can remember who said this about Aguero when he came to play in the Premier League, that he came from great stock and had a wonderful family background and be hugely talented because his father-in-law was Maradona. Please tell me. <laughs> no, he's not blood-related, so therefore, why would he be excellent? He is, of course, going out with or married to Maradona's daughter. So that's his father-in-law, nice actual father. But I remember somebody in a commentary or Brilliant. in a punditry role had said, I oh, well, that, I think. 
he came from, he comes from great stock. So he thought he was pedigree chum. And uh, no, he's not. He's just his chum, but not from pedigree. Well, thank you very much, ladies. I will get you to update us on all things adopted football teams next week. I want to know how they're doing. Um, so remi- remember to update me. Oxford won. Oxford won 3-1. They've had a perfect start to the season. Okay, well, give us more next week. <laughs> um, we're going to find out who Faker Others has chosen. And she's also going to give us our Twitter topic of the week, which has that theme. Twitter topic of the week. Thanks, Linz. Well, following on from last week's podcast, we've been asking you to adopt a team other than your own. Here are some of the responses that we've got. Uh, Alice Weeks, Weeksy15, says Swansea City admire their rise through the leagues using a style of football rather than money. Brackets, and I'm Welsh. Uh, Mike Connor 6 says Rochdale, great chippy outside, play top indie tunes pre-match, great bar with Soccer Saturday on under the stand, and decent footy too. Love those reasons. Uh, Robbie Burden says Southampton, Love Luke Shaw for being how young he is. And of course, the travels of Ricky Lambert. Um, Gadge Murphy says this season is Robbie Keane's LA Galaxy. Hat trick the other night, getting better with age. Uh, And Eastlander21 says always had a soft spot for Oldham, but mine is Kidderminster Harriers. Moved near there when I was younger before returning to Manchester. Always had a season ticket at City, but the Harriers were my alternative. Kim Casey, 76 goals in 85-86. Now I'm a Luton fan, so although I also wanted to pick a team uh, from the Squirrel Premier. I can't go for anyone who might challenge us, so I've gone into the Championship instead and I've adopted Doncaster Rovers. I went up to the Keep Moat last week, watched them against Blackburn. They were really impressive. Newly promoted, but almost beat Wigan during the week. Um, I'm covering them as well against Charlton for final score at the weekend, so they will be my second team this season. Keep an eye out on Twitter for next week's topic and send us your responses. Thank you, Faye. And finally, before we go, um, we have our first foreign roundup of the 2013-14 season. Woo, woo, woo. I should say, bienvenue. Yes, you should. Any French phrases to come from you, Hayley McQueen? You have a little thinking time. Go. Très bon. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This is Law James. She's got a League One roundup, the very first one from her. Welcome, Law. Thanks, girls. 3,000 social fans will be welcome to this weekend's game against Ajaccio for free by way of an apology after police rather aggressively used tear gas against them in Lyon's cop stand on Friday. Let's hope that they'll be able to keep their eyes open and see social's first win of the season there. It's not the only bad feeling in Lyon. They've lost their first leg of the last Champions League qualifying round ahead of next week's draw after Real Sociedad's Antoine Griezmann scored, a player who Lyon took on trial aged 14 and just never really gave a second chance to. AS Monaco approving newly promoted sides can make an impact with six goals and six points from their first two games. Nothing, of course, to do with the 147 million euro they've spent this summer. They've also managed to improve on last season's poor attendances, but they're still getting teased for having tweeted a picture picture of the crowd, inverted commas, gathered to see Falcao arriving to sign, which was just a group of 15 people. Back to Paris, if you thought it was the capital of fashion, you might have to think again. Paris Saint-Germain have boasted they sold 400,000 shirts last season, leaving La Cité de la Mode awash with blue and red. And Paris have Sky Ambassador David Beckham to thank the second most popular name printed. Of course, there will be some business before the summer's out. Geoffrey Kondogbia, the Seville defensive midfielder, has been eyed up by both Chelsea and Arsenal, although Monaco are willing to pay €20 million for the young Frenchman. There's also a nasty tug of war between Lille and Marseille over attacking midfielder Florian Tovin, while QPR have told Lohem that they can re-sign Stefan and Bia, but for a nominal fee to leave Loftus Road. 
Lovely to hear from Laura and welcome her to the Offside Rule podcast family. Well, remember, you can listen to us via Audioboo, iTunes, and you can get updates via Twitter. We do all sorts on there, at Offside Rule Pod. We're out every single Thursday. And when I say all sorts, I mean we update throughout matches and, and things so that you don't have to worry if you're on a bus or if you're in the loo. Uh, so thank you once more for another week, girls. Thank you. Oh, thanks, girls. And thank you for dinner, Hayley McQueen. We've done it round at Hayley's house this week. Uh, Bye for now. We'll see you next week. The Offside Rule. We get it. 